you find happiness. Because to me, if you can be joyful and grateful and happy, you're living a good life. Welcome to From Betrayal to Breakthrough. I'm Dr. Debbie Silber, and today's guest is Danielle Matthews. At the age of 23, Danielle was hit by a drunk driver and sustained a life-altering injury to her brain. The medical world said there was no hope of recovery and told her to accept this life as her new normal. Although her body was physically impaired, her spirit was strong, and she refused to believe their diagnoses. Her mind was determined to recover, and she did. Through the power of what she refers to as mind control, she attracted the mindset, techniques, and exact quantum healing technologies needed to fully recover. She has since built an international business, authored an ebook called Mind Control, and shares her life-altering experience with countless people around the globe. You're about to meet my next guest, Danielle, who, after being hit by a drunk driver, was left with a brain injury, making it almost impossible to even function, let alone thrive. She had every reason to be bitter, resentful, and as a result, stay tragically stuck. Get ready to hear how getting control over your mind is a recipe for a life well-lived. Here we go. Okay, everybody, we are here with Danielle Matthews today, and we're talking about something a little bit different. We're going to be talking about mind control and how it's all in your head. What did I just say? Yes, I did. No, it's not insulting. You're going to see uh, how we can do so much with your mind. And while betrayal hits us physically, mentally, emotionally, psychologically, spiritually, we can do so much with our mind to pull us out of this big mess. So welcome, Danielle. Hey, thanks for having me on. Of course. Well, you you know, it was really your story that had me so interested in, in getting you on the podcast. Can you share it? I mean, I would love to. So um, my my story kind of starts, I got to go back 10 years. I was in a really severe car accident. I was 23 years old, living life, you know, <laughs> in the way that any 23-year-old would. I was working, I was snowboarding on the weekends, I was having a great time. And uh, I got hit by a drunk driver. And my world just, it stopped. I sustained a brain injury in the accident. And it prevented me from really being able to go back to work. I couldn't concentrate more than 10 minutes without just getting completely overwhelmed. I couldn't handle input, like any sort of like light or noise was completely overwhelming to me. I had pounding in my head that was just relentless. The migraines were awful. And uh, I was dizzy, my personality changed, and all I wanted to do was sleep, but my brain like wouldn't shut off. So it was a really difficult situation to be in. And uh, I attempted to go back to work because I'm like, I'm an athlete, I'm a fighter. <laughs> you know, you just push and you go and you do. But it was so clear so quickly, like I couldn't handle it. You know, I was writing the same to-do list. I was forgetting that I had done stuff and um, ultimately ended up losing my job and my position. And uh, what were you doing at the time? So I had, are you familiar with a program called Teach for America? No. Okay. So I had just graduated college. Teach for America takes people that don't have an education background and they put you into a low income, uh, either rural or urban setting. And you teach where a lot of teachers aren't wanting to go. And uh, I think my year, like 40,000 people applied to be part of this uh, Teach for America Corps and like 4,000 got in because like you need grit. <laughs> you got to be able to, to handle some stuff to be in those positions and you got to learn how to teach. So you got like a uh, summer school and teaching and then you went into the classroom. So I was teaching sixth grade math. I had been placed out in Denver, Colorado. 
Um, so you can imagine trying to go into a classroom with the lights and the noise and everything. It was like the worst possible situation for someone with a brain injury. And, um, yeah, it was rough. And I, you know, I had to leave Colorado and talk about the trail. Like I had had expectations for my life. I think we all probably do. (laughs) And, uh, at the age of 23, I was not expecting to be unable to work, unable to earn and feeling like hell on a daily basis and, uh, not have any answers. I expected the medical community to have answers for me and they didn't. Uh, And, and, and just to back up a little bit. So after the accident, how did you, did you know you had a brain injury? Like, how did you, how did you, did you walk out of the car and you thought, okay, well, I'm okay. What happened? I'm actually really happy you asked that because this sheds light on something that gets missed. I think more brain injuries happen than are noted. Um, I looked fine. I looked like this. I had like, you know, burns from the airbags going off, but like I walked out of the car and -hmm. physically I seemed okay. The paramedics came to the scene. They checked me out and they said, you look fine. And I said, but I feel really out of it. And they said, well, you're just in shock. And I thought, well, I'd never been in an accident before. And I thought, well, this is what shock feels like. Okay. <laughs> I'm definitely not in reality in a normal way. And um, that was kind of where we started. My parents got to the scene because I had been home visiting. I was actually going to a wedding, you know, and um, that morning to me, it was 7 a.m. that this guy was out drunk and anyway, crazy. So my parents got there and they're like, something's up with you. Like, you're not, you don't sound like you, you're, you're, this isn't normal. They took me to an urgent care, which get this was combined with a concussion clinic and they still misdiagnosed me. They said, you're in shock. Wow. And so, you know, I went home feeling like a little bit crazy, but I thought, okay, well, I guess we just like sleep this off, you know, <laughs> but then in the the days that followed and the weeks that followed, I mean, I was in so much physical pain with my head. Like it felt like someone had a vice grip on it. Like it felt like it was exploding and um, finally got into my primary care. And he said, no, you've had a, a brain injury. You need to see a neurologist and, and get some, some testing done. And I went and the neurologist, like, it's interesting with the, with the scale of brain injury, there is mild, moderate, and severe. Mm-hmm. Okay. I had a mild TBI, which mm-hmm. I've always thought what an oxymoron, mild traumatic brain injury. Yeah. <laughs> um, but they even said to me, like, Danielle, we try to get people to your situation. Like you don't have a bleed, you know, like you didn't, you're not having to relearn how to talk or walk or anything. Like we're trying, we try to get people to where you're at. And I was like, yeah, but I can't function. Like this isn't like, what do you have for me? And they said, nothing. It just, it might spontaneously heal. Give it a month. Then they said three months. Then they said six months. And at my one year appointment, my neurologist literally said to me, I'll never forget the words, <laughs> Danielle, your body's done the healing that it's going to do. Uh, this is your new normal and you need to adjust your life around your symptoms and move on. Not 24. Good work. So, it's like, are you kidding me? So tell us what that year was like. So here's this, this year, you have this brain injury. It's not diagnosed. Then it is. And are you having any sort of were treatments recommended? Like was anything, what was being done? This is a really good question. Um, from the Western perspective, no, I was basically told sit tight, wait it out, like nothing you can do. And, you know, my family, thank goodness, my mom had run a yoga studio in Annapolis, Maryland. And because of that, she really got to know the local like wellness community outside, like the alternative community. Right. And um, they were throwing stuff at us left and right. (laughs) So I did hyperbaric oxygen treatment. I did neurobiofeedback. 
Uh, I changed my diet completely. I got on supplements, you know, they, um, they were doing different like cranial work and things like that. I would say after a year of all those things, if I had been a 10 out of 10, I got to like an eight out of 10, like they definitely helped a mm-hmm. little, but it wasn't like getting the underlying issue healed. I still had the injury. And you know, it's amazing how so often we only look to the alternative, the holistic sources when nothing else works, you know, it's like, isn't it amazing? And here it is. This stuff has been tested and true and tried and true for thousands of years. And yes. when, you know, know. Western medicine, <laughs> they were like, all right, fine. What else? Do you have? I know. It's like, I think it's how we get programmed. Right. Like at least for me, like as a little kid, my grandfather was actually a doctor. So it was always like, Oh, well, what do I take? And what do I do? Right. It was just like part of that's what it's been. Oh, there's a pill. It's a quick fix and whatever. But yeah, certainly there was no quick fix for me. And, so you and- mentioned hyperbaric um, oxygen, cranial sacral. You said a few others. What else did you try? Uh, neurobiofeedback. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, which that was probably the most effective, but, and it was also pretty fascinating because her machine, her name was Dr. Mary Lee Esty. She worked at, she also, I think had worked with um, veterans at Walter Reed mm-hmm. because at that time we're talking 2012. So brain injury, there's way more awareness on brain injury now mm-hmm. than there was then. It was like that movie concussion had just come out. Like there was all this stuff just starting at the time. And so she was doing some work and she could actually tell with her, cause like I got hooked up to all this stuff. Right. And she could actually tell that there were neurons in my brain that weren't firing as fast mm. as the other ones. And it was, it was like, to me, it was actually like validating, like, yes, you guys, I'm not crazy. <laughs> like, I told yes. you, I can't think. And she said, of course you can't because like, it's not firing like rapidly. So it, everything is slow. Your processing speed is super slow. And I'm like, yes, that's exactly how I'm feeling. I feel like I'm in a fog. Right. And, and, you know, her work, like I said, if I had been a 10 out of 10, it's like eight out of 10, like it did something, but it didn't heal it. Like it didn't repair it. So what did you notice in, as you were healing, what was changing? Was it your memory? Was it your, just your ability to, to just respond to things what what was changing my my degrees in biology I'm like a scientist at heart and I literally created a tracker (laughs) so I had a tracker for like the types of headaches like I had four different types of migraines it would be pulsing tension whatever so I would track that I would track my mood I would track how much I slept I would track what I ate I would track you know how um how many naps I had to take uh different things like that, what activities I did, because I was trying to dial in like, what, what is stimulating me to get worse? What is stimulating me to feel better? Like, how can I sort of start to control my environment a little bit more? And I started to notice that the foods I was eating were impacting me. You know, I started noticing um, that some of the, the therapies, like the neurobiofeedback, everything got way worse before it got better, which she had told me might happen. Um, which was really intense, that whole situation. But yeah, that's what I would dial in. And I would just notice like a decrease in the migraines, I would say that was the thing that like started to kind of go down. But I was still so sensitive to noise to light, like, it was a mess. Um, And I became very depressed. And I had anxiety, I was having panic attacks, like, because I had gone from this vibrant 23 year old that could do whatever she wanted. And I have a very quick mind. And all of a sudden, I didn't know what I could do an hour from now because I didn't know how I'd be feeling. 
Yeah. So then, so here you are, you're, you know, now you're 24 or whatever. And, and just, I imagine so frustrated, you just want your life back. And, yeah. and so some things were helping you heal. And as you mentioned, you know, an eight out of 10, was there a turning point or something where you were like, you know what, today's the day, or this did it, or this led to that next. Yeah. yeah. There were two turning points because there was my emotional health and there was my physical health. Mm-hmm. So since we've been talking physical, let's, let's kind of finish out on that. And then I'll tell you, this is where the mind control stuff comes in. So my physical health changed because an acupuncturist that had known my mom mm-hmm. called her and said, I've come across a breakthrough. It supports cellular signaling. She said, it literally just adds back the signal that helps your cells to alert where there's damage. So the body can come in and repair. And she said, you made more when you were younger which Danielle's young, but she has so much damage. It must be like, like one bar of service, right? Like the signal's just not loud enough. And uh, she said, I think it could help. It was helping all of her clients. I mean, she's talking about how it was helping just digestive stuff, lung stuff, like all these things. And she said, I think it would pass the blood brain barrier because this is native. Like it's the exact same stuff that the body's making. They're called redox signaling, which just stands for reductance and oxidants. Very briefly, Reductants have a negative charge, oxidants are positive. So on the cellular level, everything's electron transfer, mm-hmm. right? That's how the communication happens. So it just increases that communication. And I was very resistant at the beginning. I thought it sounded too good to be true. I had gotten my hopes up so many times that I was like, I can't hear it again. You know, I was like, I, this sounds like BS. <laughs> no, this is a treatment. Was it a, it's, what, a what? it's actually this, this, <laughs> okay. Uh, that blue bottle, it's a liquid that it's these re- like trillions of these reductant and oxidant molecules. And she was saying that you just, you hold it in your mouth and you swish it and you swallow it, you just drink it and the body uptakes it and the body just goes to work with it. Mm-hmm. And um, anyway, six months went by before I actually listened. My mom started using it. She had results. She had bone on bone in her hands. She couldn't make a fist. Six weeks of drinking that she got range of motion back. Like you could literally see there was less inflammation. Like it was amazing. Mm-hmm. And I thought placebo, like still, I'm like, you know, my dad then had results. My dad's an athlete, works out every day. His knee that had been injured for 30 years, he wasn't having to wear his brakes around it after 10 days. And he was mm-hmm. having more energy. He was repairing faster. His endurance was up. And he was like, no, there's something to this. Mm-hmm. Then he started to research it. He said, this is a massive field of science. This isn't some company that made up something. Redox signaling is huge. It just wasn't discovered for you to learn about it in school. It's too new. Mm-hmm. And anyway, he said, this company's got it. They're the only ones that have these molecules stable. It's going to replenish your system. You can't be allergic. It won't contraindicate with anything, Danielle. You just do it for six months. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I said, okay, fine. Um, the turning point happened three months into using that product. All of a sudden, the thing that happened was uh, the pounding in my head stopped. It had been relentless for two wow. years. And three months of drinking that, it wasn't overnight, but three months of drinking it that stopped. And I had clarity for the first time again. Like I, it's like that fog was gone. Yeah. And I remember saying to my parents, wow, this is all this stuff does. Like I can live life without the migraines. And, um, but I stayed on it. My sensitivities to noise went away. Sensitivities to light went away. Everything I've had a hundred percent me again. And um, my cognitive therapist, she couldn't believe it. She's been working with brain injury for 30 years. And she said, Danielle, I've never seen someone have such a rapid recovery so far out from the initial trauma. It just, it doesn't happen. (laughs) She's the one that said, what the hell is that stuff you started drinking? Yeah. Uh, Now what happens if you stop drinking? Are you still taking that? 
I still take it. Um, but it's a good question. I actually, I went on a trip to the Philippines and I was there for six months. It's a whole other story. Very exciting time, but we couldn't get the product to me. It was like very difficult. Mm-hmm. And so I stopped it. My symptoms didn't come back. If you think about like a wound, right. And we watch the root wound repair. Well, if you put more workers on the job site, the wound's going to repair faster. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what happened with my body was that just, it just increased the repairability. So everything repaired. So when I stopped drinking it, well, I didn't need all those workers repairing things right. anymore. The repair was done. So, but what I noticed was that there is another level of health that I feel when I take it. And it's also, it's like also to me to be proactive because having lost my health once I'm like, never again. <laughs> you know? Right. So um, let's, so- yeah. I want to, I want to make sure we talk about the emotional aspect of it because just sort of losing control over, you know, we want our minds to work a certain way and they're just not doing what we want it to do. And there's so much frustration and then our plan is foiled and all of this stuff. So that takes a toll on the mind. Tell us what you did to just um, re whether it's retrain your mind or whatever you did to just get that back. So I, the turning point for my emotional health was when that neurologist said to me, this is your new normal. There was some flip that got switched in me of like, no way. Like I was like, no way I'm going to get my health back. And I was miserable though. I mean, like absolutely miserable. And I thought to myself, all right, Danielle, new rules have been put on the game of life. Like, and you can't change the rules. So how do you find happiness? Because to me, if you can be joyful and grateful and happy, you're living a good life. Mm-hmm. And I said, all right, you, that's an internal choice, you know? And I, there's a equation that kind of came to me. There's the external world plus your internal response that equals your reality. Mm-hmm. Okay. But the external world, a lot of it, we can't control, right? Stuff happens. I had a brain injury that was done. But my internal response to it had been frustration, anger, pushing, refusing, like, you know, betrayal, like all this stuff. And so my reality had been miserable. And so I said, well, I'm going to have a different internal response. I'm going to be present in the moment. I'm going to be grateful for what's in front of me. I'm going to start to enjoy all of this and just decide that, you know, there are things that I still can do. And I'm going to focus on that rather than all the stuff I can't do. You know, I'm just going to release it. And, and I, I just have to stop you right there because everybody listening, watching, they've, they're experiencing a betrayal. I imagine that's why you're tuning into this show um, from Betrayal to Breakthrough. And they're, they have a right to their story. Yes, their story is theirs. And yes, they've been duped. And yes, they've been hurt. And yes, they've been betrayed. And they have a right to be angry and frustrated and sad and depressed and miserable and all of these things. And they also can make the decision to change that in order to heal. It's not that you're letting someone get away with it. If you, you know, let go of those feelings. Or feelings. It, right? <laughs> but what you are essentially doing is saying, I'm more important. My health is more important. My well-being, my happiness is more important. So even though all those things happened, I'm going to make that choice just to, just to change you know, my, my mindset. So when you started doing that, tell me the difference in what you felt. Yeah. Well, it was so empowering because I had been in a space of being a victim. And when you're a victim, you give your power to something else. And you say, well, they have power over me. There's nothing I can do. And so I had given away my power to this accident. And when I said, forget it, 
(laughs) I'm deciding that I'm going to be happy. I'm deciding I'm going to be present. I'm going to find stuff to be grateful for. I took my power back and I got out of the victim space. And I mean, yeah, rightfully so. Oh, you were a victim in the accident. Okay, fine. But it happened. So now what am I going to do about it? And it doesn't mean I condone that he drove drunk. It doesn't mean that I'm happy that I have a brain injury, right? It just means, well, I'm accepting what is in front of me. And now from a solid space, I'm going to react and respond to it in a way that's going to make my reality be joyful. (laughs) And and I have to tell you, you know, acceptance is so huge. And, And out of the five stages from betrayal to breakthrough that I teach, and that's all we do within the Institute, the PBT Institute, when we, that's stage four, the most common place that everybody gets stuck in is stage three. We're surviving and that's as good as it gets. But stage four is finding and adjusting to a new normal. And I always explain it. Here's where we accept that we can't do anything to change what happened, but we control what we do with it. That decision starts the transformation right there. It does. Because we're no longer just clinging to what was or clinging to the story or hoping and wishing it was different, all of that. We, we've accepted. With that also comes a little bit of grief or maybe a lot of grief sure. because you can't undo it and, you, and you're, you're truly acknowledging, okay, you know what? It happened, all of it, and it's time to start a new life. It sounds like that's what happened with you. It is. And I'm, I want to share like these four steps. So this is what I wrote about in my book, mind control. It's all in your head because this is what I realized. The four steps are this observe, realize, control, create. So first step, you need to start observing the thoughts that are happening inside of your mind. Okay. Because a lot of times we're so identified with our thoughts. We think that's us. No, you are the person and thing there before, during, and after every thought. These thoughts are coming in and they are driving you nuts. They're taking you on a roller coaster. You don't have to choose to engage with them, but observe them because they're giving you a window into the lens that you're looking at the world with. Do you have a lens of anger? Do you have a lens of not feeling worthy? Do you have a lens of, you know, abandonment? Like there is some lens. And I, in the book I talk about, it's like everybody's wearing sunglasses. I started to observe that the people around me were like interacting and reacting to stuff and like such a manner that was patterned right it was like these behaviors i could like predict and then i realized holy cow danielle you're not immune to this like you have that too and so that observation was key and not to judge yourself to just go well isn't that interesting i wonder why this situation happened and you know i'm feeling angry like why it's amazing because i just had a a a group call with with members in the community and someone was saying and this is a part of stage four and they were saying you know it's so weird it's not weird this is what I see all the time and what and it and speaks to what you're talking about someone said well you know I realized that the people around me like I was like how are you I'm surviving I'm like what (laughs) right you really get so clear on your language and the language of other people Yeah. Yeah. And this is what's so cool too. So the next step that I talk about is realization. This changed everything for me. I realized that life was unfolding in a way for me to learn what lens I had on and for me to realize that it was there so I could remove it because there was something from my past, maybe when I was a kid and I couldn't process something correctly or whatever, it has been stuck with me. And it's causing me to look at the world through a distorted lens. And so I started to go, oh, my God, look how beautiful this interaction that happened, right? That trigger that 
this person caused it within me. So often we blame the person, we blame the situation because they made us feel uncomfortable, but that's you. Like you got to own that. No, there was something in you that got upset with that. Maybe you had a different expectation. Maybe you didn't feel heard, whatever. Like, but that's yours. That's yours. And so when you realize this stuff that's in you, it's actually not serving you. You can start to get rid of it. And what I have found is that literally life is serving up circumstance after circumstance, person, situation, whatever, for you to discover what's unfinished within you, what you're supposed to be learning or dealing with or focusing on so that you can release it and become the next version of yourself. And I love that you're bringing that up because it's so true. People, situations are showing up to trigger things in us that need to be healed. Yes. And think about it. When you look at it that way, doesn't that change almost how you look at how you look at those other people? gratitude. Instead of being so angry and so you know furious at what they said or did, you can kind of look at it and say, oh, wow, okay, thank you, because I realize I haven't yeah. worked on that, and it's coming yeah. up. Yeah. Yeah, and it takes, like, I mean, it definitely, like, squarely the responsibility goes onto your shoulders, which can be intimidating, you know? But I'll tell you, it's empowering. Like, I look at that, and I went, whoa. Like, so this accident happened to help me learn something about myself and learn that there was something more inside of me. Right. And so then step three, like in the book, I talk about that equation that I shared with you all external world plus internal response equals your reality. Well, you can't decide your internal response until you've sort of mastered what these unconscious ones are, right. That pop in now that you've realized like, Oh, that's something that's not serving me or well, I, why am I being like that? I don't want to, you can choose the, re- the response rather than reacting in the like emotional way. You can choose the response you want to have. So your reality starts to shift. And then the last piece I talk about is creation, because once you get through all of that, you realize that the power is within you. And this is what I learned through my accident is that you have the power to create the world you desire. And it starts from the inside and goes out from there. So often we think, well, the outside world is impacting me. Mm -mm. (laughs) It's the other way around. You do have a power within you. And if you feel like your circumstances are intense, like I'm not saying that I condone something that's happening to you that shouldn't be happening and isn't right. I'm not saying that. So don't misinterpret. I'm saying it's happening for your soul to have some sort of growth and realization. And until you have it, you're going to keep hitting difficult walls. But that is meant to wake you up. And that's what the whole experience is about. And then it's trauma well-served. Otherwise, what a waste of trauma, right? (laughs) Seriously, right? Danielle, what do you want to make sure everyone knows as we wrap up? Uh, You know, when you've got challenges in your life, just ask, what is this making possible? And I think when you shift your perspective and you shift the lens with which you look at something, everything will change. And the answers are usually like the antidote is usually right inside of the obstacle. And it's usually right inside of you. So stop asking outside, trust what's inside. You've got the answers within. You just got to change your perspective. I love that. And where do we go to learn more about you and the great work you do? Yeah, you can find me on Instagram, Danielle Matthews underscore on either side of my name. Um, If you're interested in the redox technology or just learning, I'm all about education. Like if you've got health stuff going on, go to danielle.tmacia.com. Click contact me. I can just educate you more. Uh, and the book, I'm happy to to give to everybody. Uh, I'll give you the link. You can put it under the show notes, but it's mm-hmm. brainbodyself.com slash ebook. 
Beautiful. I want to thank you so much for your, for your time, for your insight, for your wisdom. You know, so, so many of us go through things and it leads to our very disempowering story. But when we take that same trauma, you know, and use it, uh, take that pain and turn it into purpose. It's just, that's what we're here for. And I, I feel like if we're, if we're bothering to go through something, it's an obligation to share that with others. So thank you for sharing your message with us. I appreciate it. Absolutely. I'm happy, happy to be here. Migraines are debilitating. Can you imagine having one every day for over a year? The relief Danielle must have felt after that must have been life-changing. And the changes that have followed are why she's so happy and healthy now. Stay in touch with Danielle by going to brainbodyself.com and we'll have all of her information in the show notes at the pbtinstitute.com forward slash podcast. Here's my biggest takeaway. As Danielle said, the antidote is inside the obstacle. And it's so true. To find that, here are Danielle's four steps. One, observe the thoughts in your mind. They give us a clue around how we see the world. Two, realize how life is unfolding. It's showing us what we have, what we need to remove, and what needs our attention. Three, control. Here's that equation. External plus internal equals our reality. Four, create. Our power is within and it starts from the inside. And yes, it seems so hard to change how we think, but it's the most powerful work you'll ever do. A new life is waiting for you on the other side of it. So use those strategies. And of course, let us help you with our coaching classes, community, and so much more. Go to the PBT as in post-betrayal transformation, the pbtinstitute.com and join us for our new reclaim program. We're in 90 days three months, we'll have you moving through the five stages from betrayal to breakthrough so, so you look, feel, and live better. Thanks for listening. Can't wait to be with you next time. And here's to your breakthrough.